and welcome to Found in Translation, a weekly-ish exploration of one fellow's translation of the Christian scriptures, one chapter or so at a time. I'm Brandon Rhodes, and across the internet from me is the translator himself, Brandon Johnson. Hi, Brandon. Hey, Brandon. Good to see you this week. Yeah, good to see you. Yeah, we've got a whole, we do have a whole chapter this time. We uh, mm-hmm. took our time in chapter three of Galatians, and we're going to do that again in chapter five, but today we're just going to get through all of chapter four. I'm looking forward to it. We just uh, got a little preachy beforehand and academic, <laughs> bringing right. out books off the shelf to verify that we're not full of shit. Uh, right. Right. <laughs> like, that was satisfying uh, before we even hit record, so hopefully we can replicate some of that energy and uh, extrapolate on it um, here in a few minutes. Uh, so if you haven't had a chance to read Brandon's translation, uh, please do take a moment to read it. There's a link in the show notes or the episode notes uh, or the uh, video, whatever video site you're on. Uh, please read through it and don't miss out on the footnotes. The uh, words we're going to be exploring are, let's see here. We're going to talk about in verse three fundamental assumptions that's often uh, elementary principles or elemental spirits in other translations also in verse three world systems instead of just world later on we're going to talk about the um, sort of monogendering of the people of god referring to all of god's people as sons uh brandon choosing to um use the word heirs instead and, and why that's a great path forward Uh, Later on, we're going to talk about gratification. And then the whole back half of this chapter, uh, the whole enslaved girl and free woman, like, uh, argument that Paul makes. We're going to spend some time talking about that a bit more at a meta level. Um, Not so much about individual word translation decisions, just to acknowledge what happens when a large stretch is particularly complicated um, for all, all of us, not just to understand, but to um, not detest <laughs> or feel nauseous about. So we're going to conclude on that. So go ahead and hit pause and give it a read. We'll be here. everybody welcome back so the first couple words we want to talk about are in verse three but i'm wondering brandon if you wouldn't mind just reading uh verses one through three mm-hmm. um those uh as a recap for those uh listening the words that we're going to be uh exploring are fundamental assumptions and world systems at the end of verse three all right here we go nevertheless I'm telling you, for as long as an heir is a minor, despite being lord of everything, nothing distinguishes them from someone who is enslaved. Rather, they are under caregivers and household managers until the time designated by their father. It is the same for us. When we were children, we were enslaved under the fundamental assumptions of the world's systems. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, it... It feels clear that this makes most sense if we recap a little bit of like what the flow is leading up to it. I mean, right there in that mm-hmm. first verse, like 
for as long as an error is a minor, it's like, what are you talking about? Oh, if you read it as a letter instead of as just a chapter, uh, it makes more sense. What's the context? Yeah, it's going back to the last chapter where it's talking about the people of God, Israel being under a nanny, the Torah being that nanny to help guide mm-hmm. um, until until the, there is enough maturing to internalize wisdom and, and mm-hmm. right decision making uh, and be able to do that without having to like, I need this specific rule in the specific situation to, to know what to do. Yeah. And until, until the coming of the Messiah. Right. Which I guess right. in this metaphor is puberty. I'm not sure. Um, Something it's like awkward that. and feels like death. Um, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> there's so many <laughs> places my sense of humor just wanted to go. Um, yeah, I, I think that's helpful. Uh, now I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh-huh. Let's just, let's talk about these words. So fundamental yeah, assumptions, yeah. it's usually what elemental spirits or forces. Yeah. There's a few different ways. The NET does basic forces. Um, ESV does elementary principles, um, which in this case is actually ESV wins as far as my favorite of the traditional big ones, uh, which is rare. Uh, and then NRSV does elemental spirits, which is my least favorite of the options. Uh, but, why are these but yeah. problems because it's not in the greek i know you always say that <laughs> yeah no 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 like um the word so basic fundamental elementary like any of those are good they're all synonyms um th- those all work pretty well um elemental if you're thinking about like elementary school like basic mm-hmm. fundamental general stuff that everyone should, should be have access to right you know um we start thinking about weird things about elementals though we start getting to like asian philosophy with like the four elements fires water earth and and uh air we need air um anyway and so it starts getting weird we start thinking about things that just have nothing to do with what we're talking about here yeah um so that's why i prefer not elemental but it's it's correct technically if you're remembering that it's a uh, synonym with like basic or fundamental. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so the spirits part is the one that gets weird. Um, it really has to do with not spirits. That's not the word here. You can see I just uh, popped up my Greek here. I'm going to move it off screen so it's not distracting. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to find out what. The- Look at what the word is itself, but yeah, it's the word stoikeia, uh, which just means like first things. Um, so it's actually one word that these two words are in English are coming from. Hmm. So first things. First principles, as I'm looking in the little dictionary entries here, um, it applies sometimes even to like the letters of the alphabet as like the elemental uh, elements, basic elements of like speech. Um, So it's just like the building blocks of how things work Mm -hmm. um, is really what's in view here. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have any, any connection to like spirit beings uh, is not what's in view. 
Yeah, at least not linguistically. Like there are the the metaphor is the argument is you are enslaved to these things. There is a sort of anthropomorphizing to it, and that comes down a little bit later in like verse eight. Nevertheless, when you do not see God, you are enslaved to what are not meant to be gods, but now you know that God like on it goes. Right. But that doesn't metaphor language doesn't impute like personhood it's not an argument of personhood to something mm -hmm. there is a proto-personal nature right. to all of reality if we're sacramentalists but that is not what is right. in view here we make sense out of reality by thinking of it in terms of being kind of like a person which is yeah. where we get the term personification yeah um but that doesn't mean that that's like inherent in the object or system itself right it you know that that dominant translation it aligns with it seems like they they took a broader theme in paul's um imagination in other letters where these there are these principalities and powers rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms that dominate us that are behind the hostility that keeps us apart from one another and uh scholars like walter wink and others have argued that these are not meant to be these are not necessarily personal sentient beings mm -hmm. these are with it's, their it's own called, consciousness yeah yeah there there could be some sort of proto like somewhere on the spectrum of that it's more getting at the ways in which isms and archies <laughs> like uh patriarchy sexism yeah, or yeah. yeah or anities uh christianity uh mm -hmm. can get in the way and and in some way bring order bring some sense of order to the world but also mm -hmm. enslave us uh and and claim our allegiance and our heart and our trust and our sense of security and yeah. and they they the sum of all of that um the the whole of that is is greater than the sum of the parts and toward that um argues wink and i would agree using the using uh celestial or angelic kind of language to describe that like when mm -hmm. you see white supremacism taking over like a fever people and they just want to go out and lynch somebody like mm -hmm. the scapegoat mechanism whatever it is it seems to be almost supernatural like the devil is at work in these people like willing violence yeah and so fine that's a like i get that whether or not there is a celestial being there there is it we need language that is beyond sociological to describe it sure yeah it doesn't matter to me so yeah. much whether you what the source of these fundamental assumptions are that you're describing like it, yeah. it just is the fundamental assumptions of the world systems here and whether that's coming from a gestalt like just the sum of is greater than its parts yeah. with like yeah. human more than one human is in, involved therefore you've got a system in play and it's kind of taking on a mind of its own because of that um or if you're thinking that there are conscious beings like that are the source of these things, that's 
however you want to understand it, whatever makes sense to you, whatever your, your like home tradition supplies for mm -hmm. that kind of stuff, that's, there's flexibility there. Um, mm -hmm. But what it's not saying is that those, the so it's not saying that the sources are what's doing the enslaving. It's the assumptions that come from those sources. Yes. Are what are causing the enslavement. Um, yeah. And what matters is whatever whatever the actual mechanism is, Christ is overcome. Right, right. And that we have and to it, live into that victory. Absolutely. And you can't forget that the context of this is that Torah being the nanny that was kind of guarding, protecting, trying to get the people not to live by these fundamental assumptions in the first place. And it could only do so much. Yeah. Um, it was... a. Uh, good but temporary and finite mm -hmm. pollution yeah yeah and so the, this language of uh fundamental assumptions of the world systems not the world not the el elemental spirits of the world it's not talking about the cosmos it's not talking about materiality right, right. as if it's, it's like the they're physical... aligned with the bad side right it's not the physical planet or the like plane of existence that we're on like in this world and when we die we're going to another world mm -hmm, of in mm -hmm. heaven like that's not what it's talking about it's talking about just like the way the world works the status quo the systems that are in place that domination and hierarchy are the assumptions yeah, yeah. Um, and in order to not be under someone else's boot you have to be wearing the boot um, those are the fundamental assumptions that's overcoming and if you need per the a little bit of proof like we were alluding to earlier context just scroll up a little look in the, at the end of chapter three for you know there's neither um jew nor greek enslaved nor free male and female um these right. these distinctions that become divisions um that really is what can be one of the sources one of the um footholds of the fundamental assumptions or spirits or whatever it is is going on is that like so the whatever's common sense to you about these sort of social distinctions or what what makes you feel secure and safe and make sense of the world men are men and women are women and that's all there is to it or sex is for procreation and any sex that isn't that is pro like those are some fundamental assumptions of the world systems called patriarchy <laughs> like, mm -hmm. uh, and Christ has overcome that and those are not determinative of your belonging in God's love right right yeah yeah we were talking about when you read this as like don't be enslaved by other religious beliefs besides Christianity, it gets really weird. Like really weird, really fast. There's no context for that, for, first of all. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's talking to Jewish Christians who are trying to make non-Jewish Christians become Jewish Christians. Mm -hmm. Not, it has nothing to do with people who are trying to be non-Christian at all. It's there if all the people that are being addressed are already all christians <laughs> yeah 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 so 
it's where and the, and the primary people being addressed are the Jewish Christians, not so they they never had any connection with like other elemental spirits. Mm-hmm. They were only ever Yahweh followers. So it mm-hmm. yeah, it that argument just doesn't work in the context. No, sir. Yeah, like trust the the sustained Hebraic nature of what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And and with that language of fundamental assumptions of the world systems paired with uh, 328, the junior Greek slave free male and female, you're all one within Christ Jesus. It's, it's sort of Paul tipping his hand and saying, here's kind of the broader imagination I have for how I make sense of all of this stuff. This is the bigger story of Christ overcoming hostilities and like check every assumption, interrogate all things um, before the like reality of Christ. And if it's making you be dicks to each other, stop. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, do not let this become an opportunity for hierarchy. Right. As the, uh, the sum up the way to sum up all of Torah is love your neighbor as yourself. Anything that comes in competition with that, you've got it wrong. Yep. Yep. All right. So the next thing, <laughs> anything more we need to say on this? I mean, I like we could probably keep going. We could yeah. keep going. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, so the next one is in verse five. Um, it's a word that's been, I think, already used before in Galatian, in your translation of Galatians, uh, and we'll see in other passages, and that's the word heirs, where, H-E-I-R-S, mm-hmm. where it's typically, I mean, and it is in the Greek, sons. Um, right. Yeah. Explain your feminist agenda, Brandon. I, well, I mean, I'm happy <laughs> to have my feminist agenda. First of all, but... <laughs> womanists. Uh Yeah. I mean, both. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so like if you look at, well, let's read, I'll read it and then we can uh, get into yeah. the details here. So I'm going to start, overlap a little bit, start back at verse three. Um, so it is the same for us. When we were children, we were enslaved under the fundamental assumptions of the world systems. But when the appropriate time came, God sent out his son, given birth from a woman and born under Torah, so that those under Torah would be purchased from enslavement and so that we would receive adoption as heirs. So because you are heirs, God sent his son's life breath, life breath into our hearts that we're calling out Abba, Father. So then no longer are you enslaved, but instead are an heir. You are an heir and recipient of the inheritance through God. Mm. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Yeah, so if you notice some of these, there's a lot of air and a couple of sons, but when it's son, it's specifically It's going to be the episode title, airing it out. That's right. Um, the one in verse one is a different word than son. It's actually the word that's kind of universally, everyone translates that as air. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happens again too, I think in verse seven, um, that's the one that's being used there. Um, but in verse four, um, adoption as 
heirs and it literally says sons um but it's really clear in this context that it's not only talking to men um and the point of it being a son is that in the patriarchal society in which they lived sons were the heirs right yeah yeah. So that's what's being leaned on. And you've got that context already by the fact that it's talking about heirs over and over again already. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so like, you don't adopt someone as your heir, you adopt them as your son and that makes them your heir. It's just literally how the system works. But the point is that they're your heir. heir and I think just translating it as heir clarifies that, gets rid of like the confusion that there could be about men and women being included equally. Um, which they absolutely are there's no distinction like it makes that very clear in the last chapter verse 28 there so yeah male and female chapter verse 29 so if you are part of christ then you are abraham's seed heirs based on a promise so it has already identified the females as the heirs so let's just leave it there as heirs in five so that there's no confusion Mm -hmm. yeah it gives it a little bit better flow as well as um not allowing us to ha- particularly have sustained monogendering of mm-hmm. the people of God. Yeah. And so like I've it's... kind of done that throughout of when mm-hmm. there's sons and the point of the, the word son is heir, which translated as heir. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's talking specifically about a son that's a man or a boy. And mm-hmm. I translate it as son because that's the context. But yep. So out of curiosity, does it change? Would it have changed? I'm looking at verse six. So because you were mm-hmm. heirs, God sent His Son's life breath into our hearts that were, so we're calling out Abba Father. Why not change the word son there to heir? Is is um, there is there a rhetorical this, this, the um, one here? Meter? God sent His Son. Yeah, I mean I know because Jesus is ma- what the incarnation was presumably male. Um, oh yeah. Um... It could go either way there. As long as it's clear that we're talking about Jesus, I think it would be fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because yeah, I can see how reading it all consistently, son, there's sort of this like, you know, you're, there's a nesting kind of argument of like, mm-hmm. you're, you're all sons. He's the son. You are folded into the sonship of God, of Jesus right. with the father. So, but the heir, like, because you are heirs, God sent his yeah. heir. No, I like that. Keeping the consistency to like to show the equation that's happening there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, maybe even something like God sent his capital H heirs life yeah. breath into our hearts. Um, that could be a good way to work that out. That could be a new Trinitarian formula, the source, the air and the life breath. Although air and the breath would make people, would, or and the orality of that would be <laughs> right. Yeah. If it's baffling. being spoken rather than read. Yeah. But also quite fitting with. In, remaining grafted to Judaism and all of their affinity True. for wordplay and puns. True. <laughs> yep. You've got the air in the air. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the guy who's the one who's in the air. That's uh, right. Yeah. Uh, the sky, as you translated, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> I go back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I love I love keeping it uh, more human. Mm-hmm. In this translation, in room for all humans uh, who are not uh, male identifying. Uh, last one is this big 
Oh, no, no, no. Let's do gratification and then the big weird. Sure, sure. Yeah, the gratification could be a little quicker. That's what she said. <laughs> so, so, all right. I beg you, Brandon. Stop. Okay. Yeah, no, this section, this paragraph here. Um, so I beg you, my family, to come like me, since I also am like you. You have not acted unjustly toward me. But as you know, originally, I announced the triumphant message to you because of a bodily weakness, a test for you in my body. But you did not treat me with contempt or reject me. Instead, you welcomed me with respect, like a messenger of God, like Christ Jesus. So where is your sense of gratification? Because I attest to you, if possible, you would have plucked out your eyes and given them to me. Have I then become a hateful person toward you because I speak truth to you? Yeah, part of the word gratification there is traditionally blessing, mm -hmm. but it's different than the one in chapter three, where you like speak a blessing, speak well over someone. Um, it's this is like more like the Beatitudes blessed are the poor in spirit, gratified are the poor in spirit. Um, the sense of being aware of receiving something good that inspires gratitude. Yeah. Um, and here it it kind of gets to be weird like if this is just like where's your sense of blessing uh, kind of what does that mean we tend to assume that that's like god did something good for you you were blessed but it's actually talking about you did something good for me you treated me well mm -hmm. and where is the sense of like that reciprocal gratitude that, that we've built with each other because now i'm telling you the truth and you're acting like i'm being hateful toward you i'm absolutely not i'm grateful for you and for like i'm trying to help you here Where, why aren't you responding with gratitude to me like i have gratitude for you um mm. so it's it's not a huge shift it just, i think it, for me it helps it feel clearer um mm -hmm. i know the word gratification is not one that everybody uses like all the time and so maybe it doesn't help it feel clearer for everyone else yeah um but at least it's not the like glazed over i hear the word blessing and i just think i know what that means and i'm moving on it gives Boy. at least gives you a chance to stop and think about what's going on here that's good yeah just get all it's part of that commitment to not settle for religious technical language or yeah, just religious conventional language. Um, yeah. And make it help us actually engage more closely, like a little bit of traction on the road goes a long way. Right. Yeah. When and words the next become a sound, it's no longer helpful. That's right. Lasso's rule. Um, so the next stretch has too much traction on the road. I don't know what the hell is going on. And except that it's weird and uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I get a little, little queasy and blackout. So, uh, how did you experience this? Uh, it was uncomfortable to translate. It was one of those where, like, I wish I could make some changes here. Yeah, for context of those who didn't actually read it, uh, we're talking about this stretch where he's like making this big parallel argument between um, Sarah and Hagar and Sinai and um, Jerusalem and uh, the Torah and 
the Messiah. It's it's interesting, but strange. Mm-hmm. What makes you queasy? Um, kind of. Well, one, it's talking about an enslaved girl as if it's just normal to have people be enslaved. Mm-hmm. And that's queasy making enough. Um, but then, like, kind of even worse, it it's equating the church with the enslaver as preferable to the enslaved um, yeah. in a really positive way. Uh, so, like, Wilda Gaffney that we've referenced several times because I am just in love with her work. And I'm reading her book, Womanist Midrash, and she talks about Sarah and Hagar and the text really prefers Hagar in a lot of ways. Um, Hagar, for instance, is the only woman in the entire Bible that gives God a name. Um, that's quite an honor. El Roy, the God who sees me. Wow. Um, Whereas Sarah in that story is the one who has a slave girl, has enslaved a child, and offers her property, that girl, to Abraham to rape as many times as he need to to get her pregnant, and then forces her to carry a baby to term to produce an heir. Yeesh. So yeah, forced pregnancy. Yeah, and and in the context of like, Yahweh tells Abraham, Abram, like, hey, I'm going to like bless everybody through you, ultimately through your heirs. And they're like, lol, we're old as shit. And, (laughs) And then like, instead of trusting that there will be some way through, Sarah's, Sarah's impulse is to be like, why don't you just keep raping her? Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. like, holy shit, Sarah, Sarai, that's yeah, and not you know, how this is supposed to work. She is also marginalized, right? She's a woman yeah. in a patriarchal society. Abraham twice told half truths and said that she was his sister, which she is his half sister, but failed to mention that she was also his wife and let other people marry her because he was afraid of them. Yeah, so he's kind of pimping her out. Right, so she gets to just be like passed around to whoever is most convenient for her husband here. Um, And so, yeah, she's marginalized. She's oppressed too. Yeah. And kind of going back to those fundamental assumptions the way not to have a boot on your neck is to wear the boot, right? So she's just passing that along to Hagar. Um, it's all part of this really messed up world yep. system. Patriarchy gets instilled in all of us. It's not just something that infects mm-hmm. men. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's a complicated story yeah. that, that Paul is appealing to. It is. And he doesn't critique it which is what makes it really uncomfortable. He just tells it and starts to make connections 
really not even on the, with the women it's with their children um so the one born from the enslaved girl which isn't get a name here um she does a few verses later but is not preferred apparently versus the the child born of the free woman uh, mm -hmm. is the preferred one um which there's lots of really good theology in that and teaching but just the context makes it really hard to even pay attention to that mm -hmm. like using a system a story about oppression to make a side point that he's already done a great job arguing <laughs> mm -hmm. and it's like it may not be the time to make that <laughs> right right is so, there anything else you want to say paul <laughs> <laughs> right keep going uh so his point ended up being like you family are children like isaac the ones that result from god's promise yeah. yay you could have yeah. just said that like seriously <laughs> but okay <laughs> uh yeah just as the one ba conceived based on bodily impulses targeted the one conceived based on the life breath now it is also the same really like mm -hmm. are we saying ishmael is the is the bad guy here like no like come on god gave a promise to ishmael too um so the point here too like being reading all this it's really easy to like if you don't know the context to like assume that god said to banish the enslaved girl and her son there in verse 30 god did not say that that is quoting sarah not god <laughs> the enslaver oh my goodness gracious so yeah but what does the scripture say well the scripture that's quoting sarah says banish the enslaved girl and her son since the enslaved girl's son will not inherit along with and then there's the end of the quote in the what it's quoting it continues to say my son mm -hmm. but then it stops and says the free woman's son yeah so wow. therefore family we are not children of the enslaved girl but rather of the free woman the point all being it's a promise we're moving towards freedom not continuing under enslavement to these world systems it sure used a weird story to talk about getting out from under the world system since it's so full of like the quote hero of the story not only participating in but kind of like really acting on behalf of that world system but yeah 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 it's pretty wow. clear in genesis that god's not thrilled with all the stuff that's happening there mm -hmm. uh, but it doesn't address that at all here so i guess that's where knowing your scriptures helps yes sir yeah, which if he's assuming that these are all very Jewish Christians who know Torah very well, I've yeah. memorized large portions of it, if not all of it. So yeah, Greeks don't generally memorize this story. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, on that note, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. We've interrogated some fundamental assumptions. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, thanks everybody for joining us again for this leg of the journey. The easiest way to support Founding Translation is to leave us a rating or a review on your podcast player of choice, especially Apple Podcasts. That just trickles down to everything. It helps a lot and makes it easier for more people to find the show and know that people are finding value here. 
Second best way to support the show is to become a sponsor. You can do that for just $5 a month. When you do that, you get comment access on the translations Google Doc and the satisfaction that knowing that you're supporting exceptionally nerdy independent media. Uh, you can find the link to join that community in the show notes. The music you're listening to is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Founding Translation was produced by Perry FM on unceded Chinook land. Goodbye, Brandon. Bye, Brandon. Bye, everybody. Bye.